0: Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. I tell you, we would have a lot more peace in life if we spent half the amount of time that we spent trying to figure out everything in our lives and trying to figure out what God is doing. We spent all kinds of time doing that. If we spent half of the time just focusing on how much He loves us and has loved us in Jesus, we would have so much more peace about the fact that we cannot put it all together, we can't figure it all out, but it's gonna be okay. Because he works all things for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Worship, prayer, reading your Bible, serving others, and attending church regularly are all practices that we as followers of Christ strive to incorporate into our daily lives. It is through building habits like these that we are able to stay firm in our faith, trust in God, and live the life that He calls us to live. These habits will help us cast aside anxieties of this world so that we might experience more of the peace of heaven. In this series entitled Holy Habits, we'll focus on developing these holy habits for our lives so that we might have a deeper connection with God. Please enjoy the message. Ever put himself first, but instead to put the interest of the church ahead of his own. And husbands, we are called to do the same things for our wives. But that's hard to do. And yet we are still called to it. And the Bible has lots of advice for wives as well. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 9, for example. It is better to live in the corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. <laughs> In the original language, the second part of this means that it is better to live in the corner of a housetop than in a house shared with the quarrelsome wife. <laughs> I'm kidding, but I'm also somewhat serious. We, we know, wives, women, we know there are so many things that we can get better at, and we need to improve on and do better at. But if we are getting picked at constantly, he's saying, it's better to be in the house. Okay, so, so Solomon hasn't given up on the marriage. He's in the house. He's just saying it's better to be hanging off of a rafter, barely holding on, than to be dealing with whatever it is that is going on with the quarrelsome wife. That maybe at some point, I very humbly present to you wives, <laughs> to back off of the fight because there's, be a return. there's not going to be the return that you're hoping for. Maybe all the picking isn't going to quite go. Make that relationship and that marriage as strong as you want it to be. Maybe there's a time to just let up. That's tough. But here's the deal in churches. I gotta say that side of it, because churches just, we, we kill men. I mean, we're just like, you're never good enough, you're never good, and, and we're not. But you know what, on the other side of that, wives, women, you gotta be better as well. We all gotta be better if we're going to, as the Bible says, the two become one. Now, that's another verse that would be helpful for a lot of us. You two are together. You're working at this thing. You're not, each other isn't the problem. You're supposed to attack the problem, not each other. If you want advice about your career, direction about your career, Proverbs 22, verse 29. Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. The key word there is skillful. If you want to make a difference with the work you're doing, get better at it. Don't settle. Don't be complacent. Don't get comfortable with where you are. Get skillful at it. Because that's that's what's going to get you before people who have incredible influence. And that might even make you somebody who is incredibly influential. But if you're just a man or a woman doing work, that's not going to get you the influence that God wants would want you to have as a follower of his, because he wants all of us to have influence for him and his kingdom, not for us, not in our notoriety, not to make our name great, but to make his name great. But we gotta be good at what we do. Colossians 3 goes on, he says, whatever you do, work at it, with, work at it as working for the Lord and not for men. Because working for a man or working for a woman is going to be challenging to keep ourselves motivated. But if we're working for the Lord, we realize the love that he has given us in Jesus And the grace that he has given us in Jesus, the riches that are in Christ, and we say, you know what, that is what's gonna spur me on this bigger, grander vision that God has for the work that I'm doing, whatever it is. You wanna manage your finances better? Here's some advice Luke chapter 14, verse 28. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? You know what that verse is telling all of us? Don't be impulsive. I know that it's exciting to go get maybe the car, or or maybe to go on the trip, or maybe it's the house side of things, or whatever it is, maybe not so much the house, it's more on the smaller side, a little smaller. Maybe it's more of that car thing, or it's the clothes. Don't be impulsive, count the cost, make sure it fits in the budget. Proverbs 22, verse one, also more advice. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. There are going to be times when you can cut the corner on how you are managing your money. There are, there's going to be times when you can cut corners on integrity and it will make you more money. Maybe it's with your taxes. Maybe it is with how you are paying people. And he, and Solomon's saying, it's better to have a good name than to have a little bit more money. Or what church should you be a part of? Every week we have new people coming to church. Maybe you're new with us today, or you've been back just a few times. A couple things to consider. There's a lot more, but here's a few. 1 Timothy chapter three says this. I hope to come to you soon. Paul is saying, I wanna come to you. I I wanna be with you. But since I can't, here's what I wanna make sure that you're doing. This is how you ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God. You are to be a pillar and a buttress of truth. You wanna to go to a church, great, pick one. Just make sure it's a church that's leaning on this truth. I was looking just over the last few weeks at, at some website domains that I had saved for churches. And I saved these years ago, like probably 15, 15, 14 years ago, I saved these website domains. I Hadn't looked at them in years. I was going back and looking at them. About a quarter of them weren't doing that well. They certainly weren't doing as well as they used to be doing. And one of the major reasons they're not doing as well is because they've abandoned God's truth. You want a church that has God's truth. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. is, is this, 1 Corinthians chapter one, verse 10 says, I appeal to you brothers by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that all of you agree that there is no divisions among you, that you may be united in the same mind and the same judgment. You wanna be at a church where there is unity. And let me tell you something about our church. I've never been at a church that is more unified than ours. It's amazing. Now, now don't get me wrong, I mean, I know some of you don't like the donuts, you don't like the coffee, paint colors, and eh, not so hot on, I get, that doesn't matter though. It doesn't matter. Those are dying problems. But when it comes to the living problems, we are lockstep with each other, just trying to continue to take steps, to be inspired, to to do what it is that the Lord is calling us to do, all the way from the top. You got the eldership, to the staff, to the lay leaders, and on down. We are are incredibly unified, and we are praying that we stay that way. We're also leaning on God's truth. You've got to be at a church that has those qualities. And I'm grateful that you are here. But with all that being said, here's how the Bible describes itself in Psalm 19, verse 10. And I'm gonna illustrate all of this a little bit for you. It says, God's word is more precious than gold, than pure gold, it is sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. As you think about the Bible and the direction that the Bible wants to give you, it's saying it is more precious than gold, sweeter than honey, even. Now, what does that mean? Well, let me let me illustrate again for this, and all of you can catch your breath for just a moment. I love pizza. Like pizza is my favorite food. And the thing about that's great about pizza is it's it's hard to have a bad pizza unless it's just you you cook it wrong. It's hard to have a bad pizza, but I love pizza, and. There is a difference though between like super cheap pizza and really good pizza, but it's still hard for it to be just outright terrible. So so for an example, and we're going to do a little bit of a survey here just to figure out where everybody's at and who where everybody's at, who are the Christians who aren't. So I got some pizzas here. All right, how many of you had a Totino's pizza before? How many of you have eaten one of those? I mean, that is, that is amazing. So many of you have eaten Totino's. I, ba- I basically grew up on Totino's pizza because it was cheap, all right? Super cheap. Like the primary ingredients of Totino's are cheese, sauce, and cancer. It's a, it is a great... <laughs> No, I'm kidding, but I mean, you wonder how they could keep that pizza so cheap. At any rate, and then we got DiGiorno, and we got Red Baron up here. Now, I'm going to ask all of you here, as you consider these three pizzas, which one you like the best? So think about it. All right, so which one of, which one out of those three, which of you would choose the Totino's pizza? Who would choose that? A couple of you. Okay, all right, praise God. Most of you are going to make it DiGiorno. How many of you would choose the DiGiorno pizza? Yeah, DiGiorno's pretty good. Okay. And the Steady Red Baron. How many of you would choose the Red Baron? Okay. All right. It's close. But definitely the DiGiorno pulled it out on that one. The DiGiorno's that top pizza that you could buy at a store. Now let's just do one more, one more example here. Okay. I got three more pizzas. I got I got the uh, Jets pizza. Uh, How many of you here have eaten a Jets pizza before? So most of you have eaten. Okay, that's all the wealthy people in the church. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it is a really expensive pizza. It's good though. Uh, you got Domino's. They've been able to keep it cheaper because they've ironed out all the processes and systems and they got the ingredients and everything figured out to so where it's a pretty reasonably priced pizza and then you got Papa John's. So we'll start on the end and work our way back. How many of you out of those three would choose Papa John's? How many of you? Some of you? Okay. All right. That's pretty good. Now, how many of you would choose Domino's? Okay. Okay. That's about, about even. Maybe a little more about even. And how many would choose Jess pizza? I mean, obviously, Jets Pizza is the better pizza there, okay? No, it's, but we, we look at all those. It's about even, but we look at all of these different kinds of pizzas. And again, they're all pretty good, but there's still a difference in some of them. And here's where I'm going with this. There is something that you can add to these pizzas that, in my opinion, I know I've got people who don't disagree with me, but in my opinion, basically levels the playing field. It makes all of these pizzas essentially the same. Maybe, maybe a little marginally better as one or two, but they're basically the same. And to me, that thing that you add when you add this to these pizzas, that it catches the Totinos up with some of the others. It's honey. If you add honey. Yes, I know you disagree with me, but I don't care. For the sake of your life, you need to agree with this illustration. When you add, in my opinion, the honey to the pizza, they all of a sudden start leveling out. Now, here's the deal. The Bible says that the Bible is sweeter and better than even honey. And some of you came from very compromised pasts. And you look at people and you're like, why couldn't I have had a family like that? Why couldn't I have been provided those things? Why couldn't my dad have been that way or my mom been that way or why? Why is it I couldn't have had somebody casting more vision for me for all the things I could have been? Why, why couldn't I have that? Even right now in the middle of your life, maybe you had a good childhood, but maybe in the middle of your life you're like, why can't things be better? Why can't I get that opportunity? Why can't I catch that break? Why do I feel this way? We examine our lives, and here's the thing, and I get all that, because I came from some of that compromised past. And I had friends, weren't Christians, but I had friends of mine. They had great childhoods, great homes they were being raised in, incredible. But here's the deal. When I look at those people now, a lot of them, man, they didn't keep all that going. They didn't have those same values and those same principles. There was something that was guiding them, their parents a long time ago, that they didn't have, some of them. And now they've gone through divorces and bankruptcies or, or they're just very selfish kind of people. They're angry, they, again, they're, they're addicted to things they shouldn't be addicted to. And I would say, man, the, the, the playing field's really leveled. Actually, I would say, man, I'm blessed way beyond what I can see in their lives. And the difference is this. When you add this to your life, it doesn't matter how many more breaks somebody else has gotten. It doesn't matter how much much better somebody else's childhood was. It doesn't matter how much healthier somebody might be than you, none of that matters. This is like that honey to the pizza that will make your life better than you could possibly imagine. But you have to be willing to add it to your life and to read it. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, Thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. The fourth way that we can read our Bible is the historically focused way. And this is when you begin to look at the Bible, and again it's a bit of a progression to get to this place, but you get to the Bible and and you, you can at times find yourself reading more of the, if you have a physical Bible in front of you, you can read more of the notes than you actually do the scriptures which isn't a good thing, okay? Just so you know, you need to read the Bible more than you read the notes. But the notes are so interesting. You're like, oh, what's going on in that context? What was going on in the first century? What was going on in the ninth century BC? What was happening around, around Israel at that particular time? And so this historical focus allows us to have context. And let me tell you, whenever you read the Bible with, with the historical context in mind, it does, a lot, it does become a bit more of a fulfilling read. It's, it's a funner... It's a fun way to read the Bible, but I'll caution and say it's also a very abused way to read the Bible, because many of the things that nobody has ever questioned before are now all of a sudden being questioned in our society, and that, that generally happens. And then what happens is, people will go back, they'll take these questions that we're dealing with today in our society, and our culture, they'll run to the Bible, and they'll try to figure all this out. All right, now how is it that, that what I feel in my heart, what I feel, is right? But they can't find the text. So then you know what they do? They go behind the text. And then they try to grab after anything they can from that culture or that century to make sense of how they feel. Well, that was just for them, that's not for us. Yeah, but they're talking about Adam and Eve and kind of, that's everybody. Like, we all came from Adam and Eve, so it can't just be (laughs) that century. You know, stuff like that. And so I caution you, to not just run with it and change your orthodoxy or change your doctrine, the core tenets of the faith because of something that you've read about from, the, from some century long, long, long ago. What I would encourage you though is as you hold tight to your core beliefs to understand some of the historical significance of what was going on in those days because it makes a difference and it does bring the Bible to life. The fifth way to read the Bible is this, is a Christ-focused approach. It takes a while. It took me years. And then I was listening to some uh, Bible college professors speak, and they were talking about the importance of allowing the Bible to always point towards Jesus. And in that I began to realize like, oh, the Bible really does point towards Jesus. For example, whenever you read in the book of Genesis that God told Abraham to take his son, his one and only son, the son in whom he loved, to, to the top of the mountain, to sacrifice him, as Isaac carried the wood up that hill. You realize that that wasn't just a great thing that God asked of Abraham, which, if you don't know the story, he didn't actually kill his son. So just know that. But he takes Isaac to the top of the hill, just like Jesus went to the top of the hill. God's one and only son, whom he loved, as he carried the wood up that hill that he would be crucified upon. Now you're connecting Genesis to the Gospels, to the Gospel. Or you think about Jonah and how he was in the belly of the great fish for three days. And then Jesus says, oh yeah, hey, that wasn't just a cool kid story that you're telling your kids about. I'm gonna do that. But it's gonna be a tomb. And just like Jonah came out of that great fish alive, I'm gonna come out of that great fish. I'm gonna come out of that tomb alive after everything I go through. Or you think about... Maybe a little bit more complex, but you think about Jacob who took all of his, all of his sons and went down to Egypt because Joseph called them down and all their families, all the families that they had down to Egypt so that way they would survive because there was a great famine. And then eventually God would call them out of Egypt into Canaan, like what we just talked about a little bit earlier. In the same way Jesus went from, from the promised land, but because of the threats on his life from King Herod, he goes to Egypt. He hides out there for a little while. Eventually, they catch word that Herod's died, and then they go back to the promised land, and God's people begin to thrive, and we are here today. The Bible continually points to Jesus, if we allow it to. This is what Jesus said of this in John chapter five. You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. You think that they are gonna give you a prosperous career. They think that they're gonna give you something else that you want. He's like, no, no. All these scriptures, they point to me. And the only way to find eternal life is in in me. We look all around us in creation. And you can see the love of God and the creativity that is around us. And we are so blessed with that in Colorado. But do you want to know what the Bible is? It's God taking the love that we can see in all of creation and putting it into writing. And yes, it's a, it's a story of heroes and it's a story of rules that we're meant to emulate and we're meant to allow to guide us, but it is so much more than that. It is a story of an adventurer who goes out to find the prized treasure. It, it is the story of a prince who goes out to rescue those, who leaves everything behind. He goes out to rescue his prize, his prize that is out there, his prize people, and he wants to bring them back to himself. It, it is about a heavenly father who wants to pursue his prize creation with an undying, never-ending, never-give-up love that we see in Jesus. And that is the kind of truth that can change your life. It'll level the playing field. No matter what kind of pressure you're dealing with or what it is that's coming at you, that, that's the kind of thing, this is the kind of word that will truly change your life if you allow it to. And so again, my challenge and my encouragement for you is to desire to read the word more but I want you to actually do it. And so again, we have these, these little study guides that are available in the lobby at the connection table there. There's four different types of guides. And there's a reason, they're printed. It's because I don't want you to use this. Because this, about 30 seconds into you reading your Bible on it, you will get distracted from some notification or some random thought you have. Next thing you know, you're spending half your week researching submersibles. Okay, I don't want you on this. I want you in this. And again, man, it's like that honey. It'll make your life better, I promise. Let me pray for you, and then we're gonna dismiss. Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful for your word that you've given us. I'm grateful, Father, for how it's changed my life. And so, Lord, I come to you now, and I just ask that as we dig into your scripture, into your word, Father, that you would truly guide us into a way that is everlasting. Point us toward your Son. Inspire us as you would desire for us to be inspired. And dear God, above all else, help us to be more like Jesus in the and to walk in the path that you have for us. And so we give you all of this in the name of Christ. Amen. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday?